mentoring is a learning relationship which helps people to take charge of their own development, to release their own potential and to achieve results which they value. And welcome back to Series 2 of The Smile Revolution, a podcast dedicated to oral health promotion with a mission to inspire dental hygienists, dental therapists and the dental profession in your career. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist and the poignant dental professional I have the pleasure of interviewing this week is Fiona Elwood, a dental nurse. Fiona is the patron and executive member of the Society of British Dental Nurses and the Education Quality Assurance and Public Health Lead. She is the immediate past president of the National Oral Health Group and is a key opinion leader and an advisor for infection control and professional practice. She is a former examiner for NEBDN and president of the BADN and writes prolifically as an editor for Dental Nursing Journal and contributes to other key journals amongst many other roles. Fiona is a trained mentor and has fostered and developed a mentoring culture in numbers of areas both within and outside of dentistry. Fiona herself founded Dental Mentoring Network and is a member of Dental Mentors UK. I have invited Fiona onto the show as she taught me everything I know about mentoring and I personally believe everyone should have a mentor at different stages throughout their career. Due to Fiona's credentials in mentoring and her wealth of experience, there is no one better from my experience to speak to you all about mentoring. On today's show, Fiona speaks at length about the utter value behind mentoring, the process and the professional relationship that surrounds mentoring, and so much more. This podcast is for all dental hygienists, dental therapists and dental professionals who wish to find their niche within the profession and focus on what they really love in the profession. Through listening to our conversation, I hope you learn, gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career paths, supporting oral health promotion to achieve oral health for all. Along with Series 1, Series 2 is brought to you by Dents by Serona, who share a vision to promote a lifetime of oral health around the world through driving prevention to empowering hygienists, dental therapists and the dental profession. And this podcast recording, like no other, allows you to understand the true value behind having a mentor and how mentoring can advance you in a way that could make your thoughts often dreamt of a reality. So why don't you join me so you can channel these conversations further on my Smart Practice course on the 27th of March, 2020. This is for all Cavatron or other ultrasonic device users where I will be teaching you everything about how to maximize on the use of a Cavatron for every patient to ensure you are getting the most out of it for every patient. We will also be doing a live podcast recording. 
so don't miss it. It is going to be an informative, dynamic day supporting your advancements in your career path. To find out more and take advantage of the incredible offer, visit densplicerona.com forward slash smartrevolution and enter our promo code SMILE5 for 50% off. Hello, Fiona, and welcome on to the Smile Revolution podcast. It is such an honor to have you on the show. And I, I, we were just speaking a few seconds ago. We feel that we've probably known each other nearly 10 years now. Um, and we met through Heart Your Smile, which was a wonderful thing to be involved in. And what brought us together, which we're going to be speaking about today, was mentoring. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on the Smart Revolution podcast. You're very welcome. It's an absolute honour to be uh, part of the podcast. They're very exciting so far. So let's hope this one's just as good. Well, you have always so much to share, Fiona. I really do look up to you. And thanks to all the advice you always give me, because I do feel your experience and what you're involved in, you know, is, is inspirational. So mentoring for me is something that has been hugely inspirational. And I couldn't think of anybody better speak to this about so speak on this about even so Fiona when did you first well when did your interest in mentoring begin my interest for mentoring probably started way before we met um I have been mentored and was a mentor for students many many years ago probably very early on in my career and then um things changed when I was taught things really and, and taught in a way that I had to learn it and there was one way to learn it and there was no give and take and, and it almost sits with the era of teaching at that time, I think. And then um, I, I remember somebody saying to me, always teach and work with somebody in a way that you would like to be taught in a way that you yeah. would like to learn. And actually that made me start investigating and it made me almost want to learn with people who gave me that experience. Yes. I started looking at the people who were sharing things with me instead of telling me. And they got the best results out of me. When I look back now, I worked so much better with the people who asked me questions, who valued what I was saying, and even tried to understand why I didn't understand something. Yeah. You know, they would rephrase things. They would represent things they pressed the right button it was almost as though they were soul searching and I was soul searching yeah. but actually I soon realized that that got the best out of me and it meant that when I started teaching and training people I knew that I had to do something different because people all learn at different levels and in different places and for different reasons that's and so many true. of the students, not all, because I work across the whole of the dental sector, as you know, but a lot of the students that I started off teaching and training were students who had perhaps struggled at school or didn't know what they wanted to do and weren't going into university education. But still, I knew that there was something that they could give. They had a passion. And if you can work with passion and drive, 
that passion into channel it into an energy then yes. you get the best out of people I so, so believe me, in that yeah and that that was way back in in the 80s right I know because we sound extremely old um but you know it just shows you how long ago it is since I realized that there was better ways of doing things for me yeah. and I hope I pass that on to other people oh my goodness well you certainly passed it on to me and till this day I feel so thankful for having the opportunity to be there in it was in Caldasia, Marlebone, where Heart Your Smile was going on. We had some wonderful food, thanks to James Gornick, who yeah. championed that and led that at the time, and the opportunity to be exposed to mentoring. Until today, yeah. I mean, like Fiona, everything I felt I learned there, I really, it really resonated with me, and it, it definitely stayed with me um as such a learning process as you said the the way that you learn and certainly I feel that from being asked questions rather than being told this is how you do it all the way certainly encourages more growth which is what the smart revolution podcast is all yeah. about so it encourages creativity and and through Very that creativity true. you allow that person to express their feelings because feelings will influence what people learn and how how people learn so if you teach somebody by rote learning and by that i mean you're probably not old enough to even remember but when we used to learn our times table it was chanted every morning <laughs> but if somebody asked you out of sequence would you be able to do it without going from one to eight for instance and the answer was probably no no because you could only do it in a, in a format yeah. and therefore that's not learning that's memory yeah and I, I find that really really interesting when I'm I'm almost analyzing people when they're when they're teaching and talking to me and at me and really looking to see whether they're trying to fill an empty vessel or just talking at me and all of these things champion and, and grow my mentoring so I think I've I've been very very fortunate that I I saw, um, sort of, a, had a light bulb moment when when my learning changed and my direction changed. Um, so I went from a, an A level student to to being a, a doctorate student, and that's not something very many dental nurses will ever do. And that's not because I'm any better than any other dental nurse, but I think it's because I found my way, and I was allowed to find my way of learning. Yeah, and, and I think that that open-mindedness I'm not ashamed to say that until I found or discovered mentoring my world was very black and white yeah there was no room in my life for gray and, and actually yeah so interesting look, really interesting but when you look at dentistry which is why I think mentoring has got a huge place but why it's hard to break into it dentistry is full of either nurses or clinicians who have to be prescriptive and descriptive, who listen for the key words in order to piece the jigsaw together to try and diagnose. So all of those things make it very difficult for clinicians of, of any of the dental professional groups to change a mindset, to change in mindset and to change in culture. Yeah. Because if you're prescriptive and descriptive, 
mentoring can seem very grim, very woolly to a lot of people. Yeah. And they're quite edgy about that. Yeah, but I think I'd like to just hone in on something you've just said about mentoring, supporting creativity. Can you expand on that for me? I think that the, the creativity comes from allowing somebody to express themselves. Yeah. From allowing somebody to be really open so they work in a very transparent and trusting environment and a very um, caring environment. And there is a word that I loved in my training, which was congruent and incongruence, which a great um, gentleman who was my tutor, um, who was Vernon Holt, um, an incredible gentleman who really focused on mentoring. And I think that when we do the, the different tools that I encourage people to, to look at to see if it would work with them and help them be a mentor um, and things that would encourage a mentee to be more open and really sort of deep dive into their thinking. And one of them is the, um, let me get this right now because the wording's changed, um, but it's the, um, it's not the mind map, it's a thought shower. And ultimately right. we ask them, um, when we do a thought, to do a thought shower, to do it as quickly as possible. And that might seem absolutely bonkers, but the creativity comes out of being real. So if you did it right. slowly, you yeah. would construct an answer that you think is um, articulate, that it's what somebody wants to hear, that is almost politically correct. It doesn't allow the person to be real and true to themselves and be creative in their thinking. So there was a lady given to us as an example in our training. And when you said, it, and I'll show you perhaps some of the tools that I use, I'll discuss them, but what the, the actual person who was training us uh, said, this lady really wanted to be at home, but wanted to be outside. She felt she couldn't express herself in a closed and um, sort of very sterile environment. And by that, she meant it, an office that was very um, four walls, plain, just took all the imagination away from her. She wanted to work in her garden. And living in England, that's a real challenge for anybody. So what she ended up doing when they looked at possibilities through doing thought showers was looking at what were the opportunities and what were the barriers and all the rest of it. And we can come on to that. But actually what she came up with in the end was a garden office. And she okay. actually had one of these wonderful timber offices built in her garden. And her work and her success just came from, from there. Actually doing that thought shower, being creative, being encouraged to be open. I've never heard of a thought shower or done a thought shower. I do, I do mind mapping. Um, Same thing. <laughs> but, maybe it's, but maybe you do think about it slightly more rather than just writing, writing. I don't know, but you just yeah, literally... So Put something down on a piece of paper and just start just writing. Go. Just go for anything. Yeah, the dreams, the, the sky's yeah. the limit. Anything's yeah. possible. Blue sky thinking is what, what came with that. Um, right. And I'd never, I always thought that was a bit of a cliche. I never really understood what blue sky thinking was. But actually it sits very, very well with the thought showers. And it just gives you, if you give somebody almost that passage to say, you're free to write whatever you want. And when they start, just think one or two more things. Even it's absolutely crazy, just put them down. I'm, I'm going to do that. I love it. <laughs> Honestly, it's just, 
when you think you've finished and you can say to, to anybody that you're mentoring, there must be a couple of other things. Go on. Just something really outside of the box, something really crazy. Let's have a couple. Yeah, that's great. So listeners, write your thought showers. <laughs> <laughs> Any dreams, there's nothing's crazy on there. Just go for it. What do you want yeah. for the profession? What do you want for your professional life? Write a thought shower now or at the end of this podcast, once you finish listening. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you, right, Fiona? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things to do. Yeah, absolutely. So when you decided, um, identified that you really had an interest in mentoring, I know you've, you've studied mentoring. What was your next step in finding the right course for you to qualify in mentoring? It's really quite, I, I stumbled across the course that I did um, almost by coincidence. So I had been working um, in an educational environment and I actually developed a lot of skills, which I, I couldn't put a name or a label to. Um, but I actually ended up working with some of the students that had some learning differences um, and learning challenges and things um, in dentistry are not particularly kind to um, people with those challenges. So you can't change um, the, the bones of the names, of the bones of the skull or the nerves. And, and they're quite complex words. So I used to stick letters, first letter, one week, next letter, second week and develop this, this method of, of helping people learn. And that went on for a while. And then I saw advertised um, a course at the uh, Faculty of General Dental Practitioners, the RCS in England. Yeah. And it was really for uh, clinicians. Okay. And I um, actually, it may well be for clinicians, but if it's mentoring, it's got an educational context, then my background is education. And it's one of the challenges I, I faced quite a, a lot in, in my journey. But nevertheless, I decided to put myself forward and um, knew a gentleman who was doing the course or had applied to do the course and I was accepted onto the course. I was the only DCP um, on the course, um, or dental care professional, I should call myself. Um, and in reality, I, I, I turned up. The fees um, were, were higher than I would have expected, but it was a fantastic course, great tutors. Um, being the only dental care professional on there didn't actually worry me. We had very intense training over a number of months. We had uh, weekend workshops. We had real live activity. We had to present case studies. Um, we had to do um, have observations. We did the um, triangular um, learning as well, where we all had to go with real issues right. and we all had to be mentored. And in the room, you would have, you were put in, in threes, you would have a mentor, a mentee and an observer. Okay. So each person at the end of that would give their thoughts on how they felt it went um, and why it went that way. And the observer was almost a medium in it all, um, that helicopter. And I love that term. In mentoring, there should always be this helicopter philosophy. So it went it went from there. And actually, as part of my final uh, viva, if you like, before the paper was submitted, um, I actually had a clinician. And the clinician shared the issue that, that uh, they had. And ultimately, uh, it was a devaluing of their skills 
and a system that was forcing uh, this person to work too quickly and compromising what she saw as quality work. And it had built up and built up. And it was going very, very well. Um, I had uh, Nancy Redfern, who's a brilliant lady, another um, one of the coaches and mentors, uh, actually a consultant anaesthetist from Newcastle in the room, and another gentleman. So we had two people examining. And this person actually stopped in her tracks. Um, I discovered some key words. So one of the things that we look for in a mentoring session are the key words. And you can then actually pick up on the key words and go back and say, okay. so can I just recap? Can I just make sure um, I've understood what you've said? I've picked up on you saying X, Y, and Z. Mm. Have I got that right? So it not only shows that you value the conversation, but that you're listening as well. Active listening, but it encourages yeah. them to talk a little bit more and you're sort of digging that a little bit deeper. Yeah. So your listening skills have also become quite um, deep listening, not mm-hmm. surface listening. Sure. And I picked up on these words about value and um, not being able to deal with providing a service that wasn't what she set out to do. Mm. And I pressed those buttons. I went back. I did my recall. And all of a sudden, this poor person um, broke down. And that was quite a challenge. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, that was the first. And, um, you know, the first time was, was difficult. But this was in a situation where I was in an examination. Mm. And I thought, oh, oh golly, what, what do I do to what get this right? position to be in, in an exam. Yeah. It was so. Um, actually, what I what I did, if you don't mind me sharing this experience, but um, no, what do. I actually did was I gave her the time to to cry. Um, and as she started to lighten that the crying and actually stop crying, I actually just took a breath and said. Are you okay to carry on or would you like to stop the session? Always asking permission. It's yeah. something that's so important that we are not good at and it is what I call the golden silence. Mm-hmm. And silence is very, very powerful. Because if you don't allow silence, the person doesn't think. If you don't allow silence, the person doesn't feel there is an opportunity to give that extra piece of information Mm. and actually if you're in a teaching environment or a training environment you ask a question and I always observe how many people answer their own question Mm. or don't give their audience enough time to answer interesting yeah it's really interesting so when this this person uh, cried and, and I let her cry and then I drew it back so I brought it all back and then made it person-centered which is something I'm very very keen on with mentoring actually gave the decision to her and asked her if she wanted to carry on or if she wanted to stop interestingly um, the other examiner was behind that mentee thumbs up jumping up and down for joy um, and I clearly got that right, but well honestly, done. I didn't go. 
Wow, <laughs> you took obviously what was needed in from the course to be under that pressure at that time to act in the right way of in, in mentoring. And thank you for sharing that full, you know, explanation and story of what you went through in your exam because I think you've just highlighted through that explanation exactly what mentoring is. It allowed that lady to be vulnerable and to feel that she could release and be authentic and herself. To start to get to that point of being grounded to really and see maybe what was maybe holding her back or whatever it is to start to think about moving forward. And it's really maybe, you don't need to get to the point maybe of tears, not everybody would, but some people will, and that's fine. That's okay. But it being at that base point um, and feeling relaxed and in a comfortable, trusted environment where you feel you're supported allows you that opportunity to start to move forward, which is what mentoring for me is is one of the aspects of what it's about. Yeah. So thank it's really, you. really important. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of talk about mentoring um, on social media. Um, lots of people say, I'd like to maybe be mentored, but I don't know how to go on about it. And and it's hard, isn't it? Because not everybody's qualified as yourself in mentoring. I'm not qualified, but I, I've been fortunate enough to be taught by you to feel that I do have an understanding of not telling somebody about what they should be doing, but asking those questions for them to uncover what yeah. maybe their answer is to allow them to develop. Um, so can you summarize for us um, exactly, Fiona, what mentoring is? Yeah, and one of the key things is, is first of all, to say what it isn't. Yeah. Okay. So, Vernon, yeah. Um, Vernon did a beautiful uh, diagram for us in in the course, and actually he's got three prongs on, on this diagram. One is mentoring, one is counselling, one is coaching, and then the middle is a sign that says helping. And of course, the only commonality of all of those things is that they are helping of sorts in the relationships. But counselling is is a different animal altogether and requires training and qualifications and mm. takes you into into the mind and actually that's that's not for a, a mentoring relationship if you've got somebody you're mentoring and you if you become acutely aware that this person needs a different kind of helping then the best thing you can do is refer them on mm -hmm. and coaching um is slightly different now you can uh, read as many textbooks or articles or talk to as many people as you want to um, and you will get a different version. And the best thing to do with mentoring and coaching is understand that they are um, one beast, um, but in two different schools. And the reality is that there is much commonality, but there's also quite a lot of differences. Mm. Mentoring is a helping relationship, which is more long term uh, and very rarely defined. So if you look at coaching, uh, one of the models that's a really good model to look at is the coaching model, the GROW model. Okay. And that usually um, has an, a time, an end time, and has goals. And it's goal-focused, not person-focused. So mentoring is, is a helping uh, relationship. And there is a definition, which um, is one of the definitions that I have used and I'm very, very keen on. Yeah. And I think mentoring, it, it's contextual as well. 
So it's it's really um, important to contextualize what it is um, that you're doing and trying to do and who you're working with. Okay. And um, I I have a definition which I tend to to lean towards, which is my preferred one. That's not to say it will be for everybody because the context could be different. But sure. again, I've got some textbooks which I can send you to, which are hugely um, valuable. But the, the definition um, that I would like to share with you is one that says that mentoring is a learning relationship which helps people to take charge of their own development, to release their own potential yeah. and to achieve results which they value. Which certainly yeah, resonates with me. Hugely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I. Well, sorry. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's it's led by them, isn't it? But it's incredible. Um, I think we'll talk about this maybe in a minute. But from a mentor's point of view and a mentee's point of view, the learning for both of you is, can be phenomenal. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And that is the that is something I would say that you've hit right nail right on the head. Is that you both learn from this? Yeah. Is it's a two-way process. So when you start the mentoring relationship with a mentee, actually, if you imagine a seesaw, normally it's driven initially by the mentor. Yeah. But as the mentee discovers that it's safe to talk, it's a safe place. Um, actually, discovers some of the tools um, that are in the box. Then ultimately, the mentee starts to come up with things that they value their barriers um, their opportunities and starts to actually tip the seesaw the other way and yeah. it becomes led by the mentee and that's really what we call um person-centered approach which is carl rogers okay um he actually the, the sort of guru on the mm -hmm. person-centered approach right. and that's what we not looking at issues and not looking at problems being at the center of what we do we're looking at the person and yeah. i think that that's paramount in any successful relationship yeah and i'm guessing it might be really useful also um victoria to point at this point to the uh, emcc the european mentoring coaching council okay um if you um go to their uh, website you might want to look at their guidance they had a they have a code of practice okay and I think that is absolutely paramount. You mentioned earlier about people wanting mentoring and people saying that they will mentor. Yeah. Um, actually, I think we need to be really careful how we use the word. We use it sometimes too liberally. Yeah. And, and what grounds we say we're going to be those things. Yeah. And you can train to have mentoring skills. So I have been involved in a program which trains dentists to be um to own mentoring skills as part of um a scheme that helps dentists who've been through the determinations of the gdc okay okay um, that is um obviously clinical advisors but they also need to learn the mentoring skills and we've used actors and everything to do that um really really interesting concept but going back to the emcc code of conduct i think that you know every mentor even if you're trained rather than qualified, needs to have some kind of guidance and code of practice and not make it up as you go. Yeah. It's a relationship that can be very powerful. It can be very destructive if you're not careful. 
And yeah. if you don't remain person-centered, you could get yourself into a place where you don't want to be. Yeah. And also there's something about um, an agreement and it all sounds very formal. So you can have informal peer mentoring and informal conversations. Yeah. But if you get into a place where you're actually going to undertake some formal mentoring, it takes almost a different guise. And there is an agreement outline, um, which is in the Julia, Cora and Mary O'Connor um, textbook which is one of the books I would recommend anybody reads. Um, and the agreement keeps the mentor safe. Right. And this yeah. is comment most people. So what was that? Sorry. It's okay. It's a comment that always worries people when I say that a mentor needs to be safe. Yeah. I remember very clearly um, from um, the course that I did with you um, about you saying that, that it's a professional relationship and it's good to outline that at the beginning. And when yeah. the mentee and the mentoring is no longer serving the mentee, it's a professional relationship, then that's fine. It's, yeah. it's time to stop it. And, and you've done what you can do to um, support the mentee in the process. And it's okay when they're not getting any more out of it. They've reached their... Um, I guess, full potential with that mentor and then maybe potentially move on to another one. Um, so, Yeah, I mean, there's two yeah. ways of looking at that. So if you, if you set out um, in line with your code of practice and with the agreement, if you set out a time frame, you've always got that in place. It's sure. very easy to, easy perhaps the wrong word, but to bring a relationship to an end for that time period. Yeah. If you have set the time frames, so you could set off with your agreement, which says, so we'll, we'll, we'll undertake this agreement if you like um, this or if you want to think about this or if you'd like to continue. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll look at maybe two or three weeks time, see where you are then. Then we'll meet fortnightly, we'll agree. And you set, you make that agreement yeah. between you. You don't give a uh, prescribed one you design that agreement around a framework and you will agree the intervals you meet where you meet how you meet if you meet maybe that you do um this on telephone or on skype given yeah. the technology available and geographical spread because there aren't that many mentors around yeah um those things should be established in the very first place so that the ending is not difficult and you're not saying goodbye for forever yeah. unless the relationship doesn't work and this is why um, I'm quite keen on people choosing their mentor which is why we did speed date mentoring if, I, if I'm honest <laughs> so that you experience how easy it is to gel with the right person yeah be apprehensive about other people and particularly not want to be with others yeah. because that relationship will be toxic you won't you won't express yourself, you won't be creative, you won't be congruent. Mm. And all of those things make the relationship work. Yeah. No, um, thank you for explaining that and expanding on, you know, what I was saying about that agreement obviously being very important. And it, like you said, it protects um, the mentor um, and I guess the mentee feeling comfortable that it is a professional relationship. Um, 
We will share, Fiona, um, underneath um, the podcast here, some links um, for you listeners to be able to maybe access other resources. Are there any other areas, other, you mentioned the EMC, um, various different um, resources within textbooks. Is there anything else that you feel the listeners could maybe look into further if they are interested in learning more about mentoring? There's quite a lot of articles um, being being written. You have to remember, as I said before, about um, context. Yeah. Um, I could send you to some articles. I've written some as well. Um, my dissertation um, in my qualification for this, I actually looked at the value of mentoring in adult learners returning to education and learning. Mm-hmm. That was a really interesting one because I also, um, I don't know whether you, you know this, but I also worked um, on a voluntary scheme with long-term care for children, mentoring and learning. No, learning learning um, yeah. has many um, purposes, if you like. Yeah. It's, it's not professional. Um, it could be career. It could be ambition. It could be um, sort of personal achievements. It could be family. It could be. Um, in education, and then it quite often is in, in education. So um, the other thing that I find quite useful is communication um, and communication skills. And I'm particularly keen on a set of books by a gentleman called Eric Byrne. Some people may well have heard of transactional analysis. Yeah. Um, but communication strategies are really important and how we talk to, to each other, how we address each other. Um, and I really like that. It can be a little bit heavy, but if you get the basis of the concept, yes. um, it's very, very easy to see how you can have caused offence when you didn't mean to, how you can turn conversations round. Yeah. Um, you know, as an example, you could talk to somebody as a critical parent. Very true, and, which I think possibly and, resonates to a lot of listeners in regards to not wanting to appear like that in oral hygiene instruction. Um, so what your response would you expect? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what you've just said, there's such an amalgamation of relevance from the mentoring, the communication to what we're delivering as dental hygienists, dental therapists, DCPs, yeah. anyone within the dental profession on a daily basis is oral health education. Yeah. And the mentoring, I have to say, you know, I think it's only just dawned on me in this conversation now it probably has really impacted the path that I cho- chose and my interest in communication. Good. Yeah, I mean, it's really, yeah. really important. And I think that communication is one that I would look at. There is um, a couple of other books, and one of the other ones he does is one called What Do You Say After You Say Hello? I remember and you saying this. Yeah. yeah, it's a book that I love. It's a very sort of small book. The picture on the front says everything to me. Um, and then he does have another book, which is called uh, The Games People Play, which is uh, quite an interesting book. So that's um, th- that's the transaction analysis in looking at communication. We've talked about the thought showers. Um, there is a mentoring model, which I particularly like. It's not the only one. And we should never be model focused, but I yeah. keep it in my toolbox. And it is the skilled helper model. Right. Um, 
And the skilled helper model is broken into three stages. And it's unpicking somebody's story and somebody's okay. perspective and looking for new perspectives. Then it looks at possibilities um, and change agenda and the commitment to change. And then it looks at possible um, strategies, best fit strategies, um, and then a plan, you know, and then what is the commitment to do that? And I made that into three cue cards, so I use those. Okay. I actually have it laminated on my desk whenever I'm doing any mentoring and share it with the mentee and saying, this is the model that I use as a framework. This is where we are. Because inevitably sometimes I find, and it was said on the course, Somebody starts with their story and their challenges. Yes. Then all of a sudden we get to new perspectives and we do the thought showers. And actually it becomes evident then that their, their issue was something else. Mm. So you have to go back to the beginning. It's okay yeah. with this model. Yes, and you can. and, and, and um, writing everything down, of course, it stays confidential. But as a mentor, um, to be able to go back to and reflect on and, and go back, to, like you said, to various different points and un uncover other things that's really important yeah, yeah. it's yeah. been so wonderful speaking to you and thank you for all you have shared on mentoring I'm sure listeners um Fiona has given you an well I know she has an exceptional insight into how dynamic mentoring is um and the other components involved and if you are interested there are certainly going to be resources that we will include that you'll be able to access from um the literature around this podcast so do look into the section about what we write about the podcast um, to gain access to the resources. Um, and lastly, just before we finish this recording, what would you say for somebody looking for a mentor, where should they go? It is an interesting question. Um, and I actually think that I would go to your professional societies as a starting point yes. um, or to anybody who speaks about mentoring um, on the arena, but then look at their credentials. Absolutely. Um, I would say to, you, to anybody who's listening that anybody can say they're a mentor, but are they? Yeah. Because the skills that you need to own to be a true mentor, to bring the best out of your mentee, need to have come and grown and been monitored and that person needs to do regular CPD and be observed. Yeah, absolutely. And connect back with whoever has given you an insight into mentoring and learn from them. And thank you very much for all you've shared, Fiona. It's the Smile Revolution Fire Round now. Can I ask you, where would you like to see mentoring in the future in dentistry? I'd like to see mentoring as a key component of learning in dentistry and that everybody has um, a mentor. Somebody somewhere in their life at some point has experienced mentoring and they, I'm sure, would like to pass that skill on to other people. And I would just say to anybody, be the mentor you wish you had or the one that you really had and did the best for you. Oh, that's just lovely. And I couldn't agree more. Reach out to people. Don't feel shy. Don't hold back because you cannot be believe how far it can take you. Thank you so much, Fiona, for being on the Smile Revolution podcast and for all you've shared. Thank you, Victoria. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, 
please share it, rate it and leave a review. I can't wait to learn how this recording has impacted you. Don't forget to take advantage of the incredible 50% off subscriber offer on the special training at the Dense Blycerona Academy on the 27th of March 2020. Visit densepliceerona.com forward slash smallrevolution and enter the promo code SMAL5 when you book. And lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe and follow the Smile Revolution on social media for more content. Please engage in the comment section. I will read all and respond to as many as possible. The podcast audio is available on all major platforms and video content on the podcast can now be found on the Smile Revolution YouTube channel. To stay up to date on all Smile Revolution projects, subscribe to the Smile Revolution newsletter by emailing info at smile-revolution.net stating subscribe to newsletter. Thanks so much for joining me and being part of the Smile Revolution.